Hello, welcome to Visceral Reflection Podcast. My name is Tom, and I want to just give a quick introduction to uh, what this is and uh, what I hope to to share here and a little bit about uh, my faith journey that brought me to the point of doing this. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) Ooh, sorry, kitty cat. (laughs) Are you okay, sweetie? I didn't see her. Um, Where was I? Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, podcast. Um, You know, I was really just wondering, does the world need another podcast? And if it does... um, why me? So, you know, I um, have been recording my thoughts for a while, and I usually use them as to remember ideas that I want to write about. And, um, you know, as time has gone on, some of these have gotten progressively longer. And so I've gone back and listened to some of them, and I thought, you know, some of these are not horrible, and I will share them, and why not me? So... Um, you know, I figured, um, you know, I could uh, share a couple things, you know, when I started my blog, I had the same sort of thought and, uh, now I do have some folks who follow it religiously and, um, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Anyhow, um, this is about faith, Christian faith. And the idea is Christian formation, spiritual formation for Christ to be formed in us. And how do we take that to the next level? How do we get from head knowledge to heart knowledge to our affections? And that's really what I want to talk to when I talk about visceral reflections. Because I know that we, we're all in the faith journey and we are all at different places and we are all growing up in the faith. And, um, but I do know from my own faith journey that sometimes, uh, we can, uh, perhaps get stuck. Um, faith can get mechanical. We start to go through the motions. It's really easy to say, uh, thanks Jesus. I'll take it from here. Uh, spiritual pride is, a can be a deadly cancer if it's not caught in time. And, um, uh, so within that, um, uh, I want to really, the, the goal, overall goal of this whole thing is how do we grow up in the faith? So it's, um, it's going to be a, a, a whole smorgasbord of topics, um, things that um, I'll, recordings I'll probably share include areas like um, what it means to abide, uh, what it means to surrender, uh, waiting on God. Uh, what um, what should our response do or be for pain and suffering? Uh, what is our uh, how does our pain and suffering unite us to Christ? Um, I want to talk about union with Christ, what that means, and um, uh, how that the importance of that in our communion with God. 
So these are these are just you know some sample areas that I think are important to touch on. And um, you know I think part of getting down this road is to um, think about our faith in a a more tangible way and a more visceral way. And what I mean by that is um, I have some information, but how is that going to play out in my life? And how is that going to change me to be more like Christ? Um, uh, Tim Keller has a quote that everything you're doing, you're either becoming more like God, more like Jesus or more like Satan. And I first heard that, I thought, that's, that's kind of harsh. But, you know, the more I thought about it, um, I think he's right. As I think about what it means to be um, uh, formed in Christ, and everything we do is either, uh, it's either formative or it's counterformative. And a counterformative process does not need to be uh, quote-unquote evil or quote-unquote immoral. Um, it could simply be that we have placed, misplaced our affections that we have misplaced our loves, that we have misplaced our priorities. And, you know, one example that um, I've heard is, you know, uh, husbands are commanded to love their wives. And when, you know, a husband, uh, say he's really working on his golf game. And uh, there's nothing um, sinful about golf except the sin it produces after you play it. Um, but, um, if you are so obsessed with it that you're neglecting your wife and your kids and your family and your responsibilities, uh, then to you, it has become sin. Um, golf in and of itself is, can be fun. It can be a craft to learn. And, um, but it's just one example and there, I could give you a, um, hundred examples, you know, lifting weights, um, you know, working on cars, um, you know, you name it, there's all sorts of things. Um, so I want to talk about rightly ordered loves, you know, as I, I just share this one example that comes to mind is in the letter to Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, and the Lord Jesus says, Hey, I see all the good stuff you're doing. And you're doing a lot of work in my name, and you are casting out the false prophets, and that's all good stuff. However, you have lost your first love. You're doing things for me and not things with me. There's no relationship there. You are task-oriented. You're checking the box, and you're going through the motions. And... You know, these are Christians, and he says, hey, if you don't pull it together, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Uh, we see a similar um, scenario in Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, uh, when um, churchgoers, and they, according to the, to the text, it sounds like they're ministers. Hey, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? And, and Jesus says, depart, depart from me, I never knew you. And... Uh, to me, that's chilling. Um, that passage bothered me for years as a young believer, and but now, I, now I understand it uh, much better because 
uh, my relation with God has um, taken root in what I would say a visceral way that my affections are pointed towards Christ and everything that I do and not everything that I do. I'm still got work to do, um, but I'm aware of it. And that was an awareness that uh, took some work and it took some years and it took some hardship and it took God calling my attention to things. It took God pruning things out of my life. And, um, you know, uh, the end of Isaiah chapter 42 is talking of Jacob. Um, I don't know the exact quote, but it, it says something to the effect of, um, I had, uh, set him on fire and though it burned him, he paid no attention. And I recall reading that and feeling like, like that was speaking to me directly at a point in my life, my former life when, you know, my world caught fire and, um, so I'll share a little bit about that in, a, in an actual post and how to process those sorts of things um, because there was hard work that the Lord wanted to do in me and um, I think I'd gotten to a place where just my faith was mechanical and um, I thought, I think that, you know, pride overwhelmed me. I probably was not teachable. Um but anyway, a lot of lessons came out of that period of my life that I'll, that I'll share with you. And I think they'll add value because I think the Lord can take our stories and helping us when we can see them through the lens of the sovereignty of God. And we can understand like Psalm 139, that all of our days were written before one of them ever occurred or Ephesians one that we were by election picked to be children of God before the world ever began. Those are those are those are um, spiritual realities that are hard to imagine. But uh, when I understand the sovereignty of God, I can understand my story better. I can uh, accept it. I can use it. I can use it to help other people. I can understand my identity, and then. Um, we get to a place where we our pride breaks and um, we are no longer we can let go of the fig leaves that we the, we try and use to cover our shame but rather instead we can um, our story is, is now a testimony of God's glory and God's mercy and God's grace and God's love and it's no longer my shame and I think that is that is the message. Um, that's probably going to be a theme wound throughout many of um, these messages that I, I plan to share because I think it's a common barrier to coming into the fullness of God, the fullness of, of knowing Jesus, the fullness of knowing the love of God, embracing it, accepting it, and letting it humble us to have our Isaiah 6 moment where we uh, see the holiness of God and we see who we are and, you know, the Shekinah of his glory shines a light on our darkness and, and you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, uh, like Peter and Luke 5, 
Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinner. Oh, my gosh. Um, Isaiah had that, a prophet of Israel, and yet in there in Isaiah 6, he said, I'm ruined. Job had that in Job 42. Um, Job chapter 1, the Lord says, uh, Job is a righteous man. He tells Satan, he is a righteous man, the most righteous man on earth. But um, fast forward to Job 42, and Job's like, I'd heard of you, but now I see you, and I repent in dust and ashes. And those are, you know, I like to think I'm a self-aware man, but I don't think any of us are really self-aware, and I know I wasn't until I understood the depths of my sin, uh, understood what um, what Calvin talked about when he talked about total depravity, and I had given up this notion that that I can be acceptable to God other than through Christ, that I can bring things to the table, that I have anything to contribute to my salvation other than my sin, and that I am um, poor in spirit, Matthew 5, 3, um, poor in spirit, uh, destitute, uh, a, a beggar at the foot of the cross. And, you know, those are um, those are all um, dispositions of the soul that we seek to to have manifest in our lives and um, so that's what I hope the fruit of this uh, podcast will be so um, I I really hope and I believe that um, you know 2 Corinthians 1 that there are people out there who will stumble across this and it's not really a stumble the Lord will direct them because they'll need to hear this and they, they'll benefit from my experience. And that's what Second Corinthians 1 says, that the, the Lord, uh, the God of all uh, grace, he comforts us in our affliction. The God of all comfort comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others when it comes upon them. And uh, yeah, that's uh, par- part of our calling as believers is that we want to be able to step into someone's faith journey, come alongside somebody, help somebody come out of the darkness, someone who's living in the shadows, someone who's a wandering sheep, someone who couldn't believe that God would ever love them, someone who believes that they're a gift to God. Um, there's a man, it takes all kinds, and, you know, but, but the cross is big enough, the love of God is big enough, and it spans time and eternity for our salvation, for our reconciliation, and thank God for that, that we have, we serve a God of reconciliation, we serve a God of resurrection, and because of that, no heart is too hard, no situation is completely lost, no, uh, there's nothing that God can't um, breathe life into, and uh, that's what the message I want to share, but um, the last thing I'll say is that never be complacent in your faith resolve to go deeper resolve to always go deeper and um, because God is infinite and we're finite and we can get easily get down this path when we um, you know 
uh, we have a little success, uh, we have a little setback, uh, we get um, counsel from friends or family or our pastors, and it's not aligned with uh, what God has planned for you, or it's not aligned with his word, or um, it's more aligned with philosophies of the world, like Colossians 2.8 says, or... Um, 1 Corinthians 1.18 to 2.16 about the, the wisdom of God and the, uh, the foolishness of man. So we have to um, find our resolve to go deeper. Uh, there's a, a Greek word in the New Testament, agazonomy, and it means to um, to agonize um, Paul used it when he saying uh, when he wrote to Timothy to fight the good fight. Um, he used it again, um, speaking of Epaphras to the Colossians, and when he said he agonizes in prayer for you, and he comes before God, and he weeps and agonizes for your salvation, for your growth, that you walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Jesus uses the word when he says just strive on the narrow road and because the entrance to the kingdom is narrow and few will find it so it's an important word for us and now that I'm now that I brought it up I may just do a a share message on that but uh, anyhow this is just to be a quick introduction of what this is and I trust that hopefully if anyone listens to this, anyone at all, besides uh, my niece will listen because she's real excited about this. Um, but if anyone listens to this and um, I hope that you heard something this evening that um, provokes your curiosity or you find compelling and then you want to check back um, I think some of the platforms perhaps Spotify um, allows you to get notified I don't know about iTunes or Google or those I have to look at them anyways if you can get notified set that up um, and I'd appreciate that a lot alright thanks so much and Father God thank you for this time thank you for the opportunity to to walk with you and to share your word. Lord, I pray for great discernment. I pray that your spirit would be present and leading in all of this. And Lord, I just thank you for your salvation and your word and your spirit. And Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame that we could become children of God. And Lord, thank you that I can be your child and have a seat at the table. And I thank you that we have the honor of going to call others. Like your word says, go to the highways and the hedges and invite everybody so that your father's house is full. And I thank you for that privilege to share in that. I pray that even now you prepare the hearts of anyone who might hear this. And it'd be encouraging. Thank you, and we praise you, and we're grateful. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.